You're listening to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice, a podcast by two entrepreneurs at different stages of life, sharing real life experiences, managing a successful business and family life. It's honest talk about lessons learned, balancing family, faith, business, and personal growth on the journey of making our dreams a reality. Now, here are your hosts, Jerry and Jacoby. Hey everyone, I want to welcome you to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice. I'm your host, Jacoby, here with my good friend and co-host, Jerry. And every episode, we'll be bringing you honest conversations about what really matters and how to create success without sacrificing what you love the most. On this episode, we're going to be talking about an important subject, and that topic is controlling what you can control. Yeah, the idea of controlling your controllables. Man, this is a conversation we've been having on and off for a while. And during this COVID-19 stuff, it has definitely come to the forefront. This conversation, I don't know if you remember, started when I was watching an Inky Johnson video. And I don't know how this guy ever escaped me up until a couple of years ago. But I'm watching this video about how he's talking about controlling your controllables. And so I shoot you a quick WhatsApp message and say, hey, have you heard of this guy, Inky Johnson? And your response, just, it cracked me up. But uh, go ahead and talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I do remember you uh, sending me that. It was uh, really good. And uh, I actually listened to Inky quite a bit because he's an inspirational guy. But, yeah, so I was actually on the field for that, for that game whenever uh, he got hurt. And so just to give everybody kind of a – kind of a backstory on this. Inky Johnson was like one of the best football players in the country back in 2001. And uh, he's got a really great story of just how he overcame, uh, came from a life of poverty, has been looking forward to playing football in the NFL and, you know, just providing for his family and basically finding a way out. And what happened is, and actually the guy that he had the collision with is actually one of my best friends. Uh, he stood in my wedding and uh, is just an awesome guy. But what happened is um, basically my buddy caught a pass from our quarterback and Inky Johnson came across and hit him. And whenever they made contact, it was just one of the most violent hits I have seen in my career. And what ended up happening, I don't remember exactly the medical, medically what happened to him, but basically he hit, when he hit my buddy, it uh, basically knocked him out. And then it, I think it like paralyzed his whole, basically his whole side. And so uh, his football career is over. He can like, he couldn't use his arm anymore or anything like that. And so just kind of devastated everything for his future, basically coming up. And uh, yeah, just how he's kind of worked through that and what he's doing now is just like absolutely awesome. Yeah. So in the video he talks about and the controlling your controllables, he talks about, you know, there's all these in things you cannot control in your life, but the things that you can control are focus, commitment, dedication, your attitude, and your spirit and your energy about things. Those are all the things that you can control inside of your circumstance. So going into the COVID-19 shutdown, I'm in Michigan, Jacoby's in Texas. We've had different levels of shutdown uh, in that in real estate here in Michigan, we couldn't show any houses. Like we got completely shut down. But the very beginning of it, you know, we had no idea what we were going to expect. And so I took a look at it, started to control. Uh, I, you know, you just had this air that something 
crazy was happening. And so I looked at it a couple directions. One, I felt like I needed to get um, my house in order and realizing, man, maybe those, uh, those preppers are onto something, you know, looking at the resources I had. So what we did right away is we just got a couple weeks of food in the house. I made sure all the vehicles were fueled up. I filled up my propane tanks to the grill, got the generator running, just things that I thought, like, what are we going to need if, you know, something crazy happens? And so we just kind of just, you know, made everything simple. Just what are the basic resources that we're going to need? Um, kind of, we looked at it like, what are, what are we going to need in our four walls? Now, from a work standpoint, knowing that I couldn't show any houses, um, I was looking at it. If we can't show any houses and people can't see any houses, who are going to be buying houses? And for, for me, it was the investors. Investors I work with, I knew would still be looking to purchase. So I remarked, you know, I, I restarted, I started to do all my marketing just a little bit differently in that I moved some of my marketing dollars over to doing some direct mail right to cash buyers and investors, guys that I knew or, you know, people that I knew that would be looking for houses. Um, I also went through line by line of our uh, P&L and took out every expense I could. And we were able to cut about $700 a month out of things that we were using, but weren't a priority, weren't, you know, top line item for us. And so that's kind of what I did just right on the initial to just kind of do the basics of controlling my controllables. What are some moves that you made, Jacoby? Yeah. So it was pretty crazy. Like the thing I, I always think about the things that, that I can control. And so uh, this is like one topic that's like always in the forefront of my mind, because whenever I've been to Tony Robbins a couple of times and after I, his uh, unleash the power within event. And ever since I've gone to that event, this is like always a topic that I think about anytime anything happens. And so whenever this, the COVID-19 thing just started off, to be honest, like I didn't really think it was going to be that big of a deal. And so like when it first started, I we didn't do any of that stuff. We didn't go to the store. We didn't do any of that stuff. And then as it drug out a little bit, then we started being like, well, maybe we should start maybe getting some food and doing some other things because I was like, there's no way food, you know, stores can be, the shelves can be empty for that long. So we, we already had enough food kind of in the beginning. And then as things like prolonged on and on and on, I was just like, okay, now I need to start working on kind of getting some of those things. So we like, I went out and bought like, I think it was like a 50 pound bag of rice. And then we just made sure we had enough meat. So just kind of like the bare essentials uh, as far as uh, food and those sorts of things. And then making sure, like you said, the cars and the house and all that stuff. So the first thing I kind of think of when it's like controlling controllables is kind of like your environment. Like how do I make the environment as normal as I can to where I can function? Because in the beginning, like I said, I kind of thought, I kind of thought people were, overreacting. And then I started, I actually kind of got, I kind of got angry. Like I was like, what is like, what is going on? And for myself, it was really weird because I've, I usually don't get angry about things. I'm usually pretty like even keel, but I started to feel myself getting anxious, feeling like I did not have, I usually feel like I have a lot of control over things. And so for me, I started to feel as though like, things were slipping away, I guess you could say, you know, and so as that started to happen, then I had to kind of kind of sit back and relax and kind of make a choice on like what I wanted to do. 
And so I think anytime something happens, we have to decide like in this thought of controlling what we can control, like we have to make a decision on how we're going to respond first. Right. And so I think I was letting my environment, the environment uh, control my response rather than me actually stopping thinking about it and then saying, okay, this is how I'm going to respond. And so in the beginning, like I didn't really think about it. I was still kind of on autopilot. And then after a while, then we start, I started thinking like in talking to Andrea, my wife about, you know, okay, we probably need to start getting serious about this. Like we don't need to panic, but we do need to start putting stop gaps in place. And so then we started kind of doing like exactly what you said, you know, we did the kind of the same thing. And then with the business doing the same thing as well, you know, planning for those things as they came along, because even now things are kind of changing. I mean, things have been changed forever. So you just kind of got to readjust and figure out, you know, kind of what we're going to do. I think some of that has to do with where we're at as well. Like I'm in the suburbs of Detroit in Wayne County, which has been a hot spot in the nation. Uh, you're in Midland, Texas. Uh, you, I don't think you guys had your first case for like three weeks. Um, yeah. So, and how it was being treated, especially locally and the conversations we were having here were a little bit different in that it ramped up pretty quick here. And so I think we had to react. The one thing that really caught me off guard was how emotional I was going to get for a little bit, like the, the, and not just like, you know, sad emotional. I'm talking like the, you know, like just really confident that, okay, we can handle this. And then I started to really kind of buy into probably watching way too much news, both on the national and local level. And so started to really kind of get panicked. Uh, you know, I don't want panic is probably an overstretch of the word, but at least a little more nervous about things than I typically would be. And then, you know, then angry. And so I went through this whole, you know, probably six, seven different emotions inside of a week. And then I kind of started to skate through it. And then I started, uh, especially like last week for me, I was getting really uh, short, edgy. The kids were noticing I was grumpy, but I didn't feel stressed. And so I was trying to figure it out and kind of evaluating my circumstances. I changed a bunch of patterns in my life. Like when I was going to bed, how I was eating, how much sleep I was getting. And so, you know, there was probably a good stretch of a week. I was going to bed at like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. And then still trying to get up at seven and then think I'm going to function properly throughout the day. And so I had to really check that and work on this week, get my sleep schedule back on track. And that's made, that's probably made the biggest impact. I don't know if I'll give the kids a vote, but I don't think I've been as grumpy this week. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I think it's like really important to point out, right? So like the things you said that you changed are the things that you can actually control, right? So we can't exactly. control, you can't control the virus. We can't control, you know, the shutdown, like when, what we can, you know, what the government says we can do and can't do, but probably the things that make the most difference, like you're saying, like for one, am I eating healthy because your food affects, you know, your, your brain game and how you think and all that. When am I going to sleep? How much sleep are you getting? You know, exercise as well. So that was one of the other things that I started doing is making sure like I was a little lax on like, well, not lax because I was getting my exercise from doing jujitsu. Right. And so now we can't meet and we can't do jujitsu. And so now I've got to figure out a new schedule on how do I work out in my house and make all that work. Right. Plus 
my kids are here as well. They've been here 24 hours instead of, you know, going to school, which gives my wife a break whenever they go to school. So now, you know, I'm trying to work from home. My kids are at school. We still do homeschool, so it's not a big difference for us, but they do go to school uh, two times a week, but now they're at home full time. And now Andrea has got to teach them full time. And so like that changes, changes everything. And so how do you change up what you can change in order to change your mental game? Right. And so I was kind of in the same situation, very short because my, my big mental hangup was, okay, I probably had the best first quarter uh, in my real estate career than I've had, like, since I started doing real estate. Right. So like January, February, or yeah, January, February, March were like really, really good. And then, so like April, May, and June, I'm expecting to like blow it out of the water. And so as this whole thing hit, like I see my pipeline starting to diminish. And so when that happens, like that takes effect on you mentally, you know? So now we've got certain amount in savings, like I see that starting to go down. And so I'm like, okay, what am I going to do next? And then just like you, that starts affecting how I treat my family. Right. And so like I started to kind of move down that downward cycle. And so for me, one thing that I did is I just, I started, I fasted a couple of times, you know, cause for me, I needed to be closer to closer to the Lord. And then I think the other thing that you said was good is what are you putting in your brain? Right. Like, so you, you know, I was listening to a lot of media stuff as well. And when you put that stuff in, you know, they've, they've got a job to keep your eyes and your ears towards them. And so I think they kind of sensationalize things a little bit. And so that kind of affected me as well. So I started to tone that down a little bit and read my Bible a little bit more, you know, and then also fast a little bit because those are the things that uh, I needed in for myself in order to ground me in order to, you know, take some different actions. Yeah. And on top of, um, being in the word praying, um, I didn't do the fasting. Uh, I know you encouraged me to do it and maybe that's still on the list, but also one thing that I started to do is started to reach out to some guys that I knew were good for me and not from, you know, not talking anything specific, just that they're good friends and started to, to hit them up a little bit more where it kind of had become disconnected. The other thing that is weird that I think is going to be crazy about this. I heard somebody say in 10 years, we're going to look back at it and we're going to say something to our kids like, Hey, you remember that, you know, that really rough, terrible time where we were all in lockdown and from the kids perspective, uh, how are they going to look at it? They're going to look at it. Wait, I got to see you way more than I ever got to see you. You spent more time with me. You did more stuff with me and they're going to look at it as more, you know, of a positive. I think of it from, Cooper, who's my 13 year old standpoint. And, you know, he's seen me more in the last month than he possibly in the last year, uh, as far as just always being here. Now, it, it from his standpoint, the thing he's missing is, you know, our, you know, baseball season hasn't started. We've, you know, already had to cancel three tournaments and, and watching him, you know, try to get focused. And, you know, we've been, we've been having this conversation about, you know, what are the things that you can control and trying to get a little more discipline you know, just one of the things that we've let him do is slip probably into playing, not probably playing too many video games. And so we've kind of made some adjustments this week and he's got a good checklist of things that he needs to get done. And, you know, it was kind of one of those things you let it slip because you didn't realize how long this was going to drag out. And all of a sudden here we are going into our eighth week and okay, well, this is how we're living right now. We better, 
make sure that we keep this thing, keep the ball moving forward on our goals. Yeah, definitely. It is interesting to think of like everybody's perspective on things, right? So even my kids, even as well, like they've loved it because I've been working from home, which to me, I've been, you know, in my office, I call it an office. It's like a closet in my, in my house. Cause that's like the quietest place for me to like work. But, um, and they don't really see me that much, but I guess when I go out to eat and like, whenever I go out to grab something to drink or, you know, just take a break, there's more interaction there with them. Like, and I'm also more cognizant of the time that I have with them because of what's going on, which I think is really interesting. Like this whole situation, when you think about controlling the things that you can control, you kind of get into a, um, you kind of get into like a coast mode where you don't think about what really matters. And you don't, you know, sometimes you don't go back to checking like why you're doing what you're doing. And so it really like takes you back to, you know, the reason why I work is to spend time with my kids and, you know, they just, they just love it. You know, they love the fact that I'm here every day when I was, we're recording the this and I was like, instead of going to the office, I'm recording it here at the house. And Carter, my oldest is like, are you staying here today? And I'm like, yeah, I got to record, you know, we got to record a podcast episode. And he's just like ecstatic. And I'm like, to me, I'm like, okay, I'm working from home instead of working at the office. It's work is work. But to him, he's like excited that he gets to see me and that I'm still here at the house with him. So it's like, yeah, it's really interesting to see like how, for one, how everybody sees, sees it differently and from a different perspective. And then also like, it starts to make me think like, maybe do I need to start, do I need to work more from home? You know, cause not in a real sense, not much has kind of changed at least in, in my household. Like as far as business goes, like I could still do the same amount of business from my house. And so would that be a better quality of life for, you know, my family in doing that? And so I think it helps us, you know, put into perspective again, like what we really need to be doing. Yeah. For me, I've been working from home for quite a while, but really solidly for about three years. And it just that, so my work schedule hasn't really changed. I'm working just as many hours through all of this. Um, if not, maybe even a little bit more, but the things that have changed for us are the, um, you know, we don't have, you know, baseball lessons or a couple games a week or church three times a week that we're going to. And so it's all that extra stuff is where we've picked a lot of that time up. And so I think it's a matter of looking at those and you know what is what does life look like coming out of this and each family member has has gone through different emotional things but it all comes back to if we control our controllables that's all the same for us uh, you know cooper you know he's got to control what he can control holly she can control what she can control and trying not to you know i think she's done a phenomenal job in not getting stressed out about it or you know she's got some friends that are texting her that you know it seems to be this onslaught of negativity towards this like we're never going to get open uh, nothing you know it's only going to get worse and kind of the doomsday and she's handled it really good and I think part of that is because we're set up in a way we are you know we've made some moves to control the things that we can control and we control the conversation we we're not watching a ton of news and so all those things of what we're doing it from a mindset standpoint, I think have put us in a, a really good place. Yeah. And so I think that's really, I think the main thing that I see out of this, 
I mean, we've been in, in masterminds together. And so these are kind of the things that we constantly work on. And so like when I'm in groups with like you and some of the other folks that we're kind of associated with, I feel really good that uh, Andrea and I have kind of like set up an environment to where we are keeping the negativity out and staying positive and asking the question, like, what can I do rather than like, what's stopping me from something or, you know, those are really the things that I think are really, really important in times like this, because that is the thing that I saw is and probably the, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is like, I think that just breeds fear, right? And so whenever you get fearful, you start to contract. And then when you get fearful, you, you don't really, you start not thinking about how can I move forward in this, but how can I pull back? And then that kind of starts a snowball effect into like, just not things not seeming like they're ever going to be right or ever come out of it, you know? And so every time something happens, I think you have a choice. Like you can respond positively or you can respond negatively, right? We always have a choice, even though it might seem like we don't have a choice. And I think that's like really the key thing for us that we've like been cognizant of through this whole thing. Like Andrea and I, we just sit down and we're like, Hey, anytime something happens, we always want to choose the positive in how we respond, no matter what, even if we think it's not possible, we want to choose the positive. Like we have a choice in that instead of it just like happening, like things happening to us. And I think that's where fear like kind of comes in and we let fear kind of stop us. I think if you had to look at the whole, you know, situation, I think fear is the the guiding factor in most of this. You know, you're not hearing people talk about science or, you know, even common sense. It's, you know, fear seems to be driving most of the the public decisions. And then that's going to trickle down to how people have responded and how they feel is, you know, people have given up so many of their rights based on fear and without question it was just here this is what we have to do because we're afraid and i don't want to go down that rabbit hole of that conversation but fear is definitely the driving motivator for that and i think when i had that week where i was really where my emotions were all over the board um i think fear was definitely the driving factor is because i was watching i, I was listening to too many of the wrong people yeah. And I think fear definitely was the driving, you know, that was the underlining source of all my emotion that week. Yeah. And so even on this episode, so I think really the key thing, like for folks that are listening, that really helped me out the most that I would like, like to get out to folks is I think like, as things were going on before this thing hit, right, I think you feel certain about things that are going to happen in the future, even though it hasn't happened yet, you have hope that certain things are going to happen. You're working, you feel as you know, money's going to come in. So you feel like, you know, the future seems bright. And so I think that's where that fear kind of comes in. And so that's where controlling what you can control and having some certainty in those things that you have, I think is, is kind of the main, uh, what can be the most helpful moving forward. For instance, like you said, with your uh, sleep, eating, and then doing things that have helped you in the past to like build business, right? Because for most, for me, because I'm the leader of my family, that's really the thing that's on the top of my head is like, how do I move forward? How do I create an income? And then uh, making sure it can be sustained in the future, right? And so 
I guess, trying to get that certainty or a good feeling about what's to come and how do we kind of create that is kind of, uh, I think is what's really helpful. Yeah. That's all, all great stuff. So where, uh, where do we go from here? Yeah. I mean, um, I think things are on the up and up, right? And so I'm just continuing to refine what we're doing, making sure, uh, I think, health, relationships, work, obviously continuing to do that. That's slowly coming back online. And so yes. uh, mine is just daily uh, in the habits that I'm creating. So not getting lazy in things and doing that is kind of, you know, where I'm going from here. Yeah. What about you? So for me, it's been a matter of trying to get some things done that maybe have been on the list for a long time. So like I said, I'm working just as many hours, but we've picked up a lot of free time and the extracurricular stuff. So my garage has never been more organized. Um, we you know, started doing some work in the basement and finishing our last room upstairs. So you know, we're plugging away at some of that stuff. And then you know, some of those bins and boxes that uh, have been there for a long time, uh, starting to go through those. And so just trying to doing some of that stuff that we've always wanted to do. Uh, also doing that in the business side, you know, like my, uh, you know, my CRM and some of my marketing is humming more than, it, you know, way better than it has. Uh, I think that's been good and that some of the companies I work with have used this as a time to improve their systems, improve their processes, added some, you know, some of that virtual tour kind of, uh, you know, the marketing side to our listing. So it's made me, a better listing agent because I've added some things. And so just really trying to take those areas that, you know, that are always on the list that you need to improve and improving in those areas. And then, you know, trying to do the same thing at home. Uh, that's probably, that's probably been the the hardest part because there is so much to do. So when do you, you know, like you can still be as busy to miss opportunities with your family. And so I've been trying to be, cognizant of that and not spend all my time in my office at home and making sure that when you know here in Michigan uh getting out on those nice days um and so just really trying to just keep the ball moving forward in a positive way and keep things you know keep the positive like you were saying keep that positivity there yeah definitely I will say yes you saying that gave me one more thought that probably the one thing that uh I'm concentrating more on anything is just preparing for the future economically, right? So just making sure we save, making sure we're finding the right strategies, uh, you know, kind of where to put our money whenever, you know, because we, working in real estate, you know, I've made more money than I have in the past. And so what I found out is that if you still don't have the basics down for money, making more money doesn't solve your problems. And so just reading about uh, how we should save, where we should, we should be putting things, the percentages for that, you know, it's like, I don't know what percentage should go to investments, what should percentage should go to savings, what percentage should go to, you know, other things. So that's really like the main thing that I've been kind of focusing on. So it's been Yeah, good. that's a big one. I mean, I, I'm probably in a better position to handle this time than I have been in the past, but also looking at the amount of money that I've made in the last couple of years, I definitely should have been in a much better position to sustain uh, this time. Um, and so that's been definitely brought to the forefront. And I know you and I have talked about that. And maybe that's a, 
uh, an episode, uh, a couple down the road that you and I can get into is how we, you know, went from not making very much money to making good money to now how did we make that money work for us and get the most out of it in a productive way. Yeah, hundred percent for sure. Okay. Now we're going to take a short break for our podcast feature time to invest. Hello. Hello. Today on time to invest. I wanted to talk to you about this idea of what is it, what is it that you want to invest in or what is it that you, your client wants to invest in? And so you, you, we know our audience is both entrepreneurs and investors, but we also know that a lot of realtors listen to this podcast. And so I wanted to talk to you today about what that looks like. I have at least two conversations a week from investors who say, hey, if you find a great deal, let me know. And they leave it at that. So I don't know what a great deal is for them. So I need we need to make sure that we get some clarity on that. And so if you're an investor, you need to really come up with a strategy uh, and a philosophy in which you want to invest by. Like, what is it that makes sense for you? Because for some investors, you know, you have the fix and flips. Uh, that makes a ton of sense for some people. You have some buy and hold. And then you have investors that want to buy and hold in an area they know is going to appreciate. Some investors aren't even concerned about appreciation. So what is it that you're looking for? And the more specific you can get in what you're looking for, the easier it is for your realtor or uh, your wholesaler to find you the property that you're looking for. I have investors that I know exactly the numbers they're looking to get. They know exactly the area they want to be in. So when I come across that deal, I don't have to remember all the people that said, hey, if you find a good deal, you know, let me know. I know that I have an investor that would be interested in that property. And so as I'm negotiating uh, with the seller for that property, I know exactly what investor I'm going to show that property to because I know that makes sense for them. And it puts me in a much better position to both serve the seller and the investor. So I just want to encourage you to be really clear and help your clients get really clear on what it is they want to invest in, what kind of returns they want, and what type of strategy they want to move forward in as it comes to investing. Thanks for checking us out on Time to Invest. We always love talking about this stuff. All right. So I'm so glad that you joined us uh, for this for this episode here on talking about controlling what you can control. In this time, it's more important than ever to be able to do that. And so just making sure that you're changing your habits, not letting fear stop you in this time. And, you know, we had a good talk about uh, Inky Johnson there in the beginning, which is a great story for you to listen to. If you have not uh, listened to that story, we'll have a link to that here in the show notes. And also another great resource is a book by Viktor Frankl called The Man's Search for Meaning. So we'll have links to all of these uh, resources for you. And also you can find them in our Facebook group, the Jerry and Jacoby podcast on Facebook. So we encourage you to uh, check those out and then join the group. And we look forward to speaking with y'all here in the near future. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. If you walked away with something of value, we hope you'll share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast so you get notification of all new episodes.